Alrighty, welcome to the podcast featuring Charles Botenstein. All right, well, listen, what are we going to be talking about today? Obviously, from the title, you have an idea. An idea is best conveyed with a story. So let's start with a story, children. Huddle around the campfire and let's talk about it. So I uh, just came from a beautiful open house. I'm sorry, not an open house, but a listing appointment. If you don't know already, I am in real estate. And essentially real estate is sales. All day, every day, every minute, you're selling yourself, you're selling an apartment, you are selling an offer, you're selling all day, every day. There are many opportunities that you have no idea that they were opportunities until it's way farther down from when you actually had the chance to meet for the opportunity. Okay, what does that mean? That means someone is looking to sell their home or buy a home or whatever the case is with a home, and then you don't know it's a really good opportunity until two years later when they've introduced you to their cousin, they have a building they wanna buy, they wanna put up four apartments, they wanna buy a portfolio of apartments, whatever the case is. Essentially, you are the eyes and the ears for opportunities when you're in sales. You have no idea when they're gonna come, you have no idea where they're gonna go, you have no idea what it's gonna lead to, and it's right in the now, okay? When most people look at things, they look in the past and they say, oh, that was actually a really good opportunity, or that's incredible, they took advantage of the marketplace. This is the thing, unless you're actually looking for an opportunity, you're never gonna find an opportunity. Okay, so here's the story, children. I was, what's going on, Chris? How are we doing? I'm walking down 42nd Street. I just had a very successful meeting with an owner. I had three appointments yesterday. I have two appointments coming up. I'm busy. It's good. Life is good. I have second showings. I have offers on places. You know, it's it's one of those things in sales. You, you are always looking for the next deal. It's not it is not reoccurring, it is transactional. So transactional means that you're done with the deal, you made the deal, and that's it. A reoccurring is a gym membership or a monthly membership that you get paid every single month. Even if you attend the gym or you don't attend the gym, you have to pay whatever amount of money, okay? Um, yeah, father's, father's doing all right. Could be doing better. What's going on, Jeanette? How we doing? Uh, Do we have a girl watching? Wow, that's amazing. So this is the opportunity. I just spoke with an owner, beautiful apartment, just posted on uh, Instagram, 400, or I'm sorry, $530,000, small studio, condominium, doorman building, blah, blah, blah. And I was alive. I was just focused in. I made some incredible phone calls today, you know, really tough phone calls, convincing people to meet with me. Some people were had some choice words about meeting with me and not meeting with me. And then I'm coming back on the bus to my office. I have to pick up my nice salad, obviously. And before I was doing that, I was crossing 42nd Street in the middle of the street, and it's obviously very busy today, so I wasn't really paying attention. I was sort of on, but I've spent all of my energy at the last appointment. And what I do is I do one hour on, 15 minutes to 20 minutes off. So I just don't look at my phone. I don't think about anything tough. I just let my energy dissipate or or all of... So it's known as the Powerful Engagement. Very good book about it. So... Humans were not built for more than 60 to 90 minutes. 90 minutes is really overtime. 
but 60 minutes on, 15, 20 minutes off, and then you keep on doing that. And you, you really only have about three to four cycles max of that. Three to four cycles max. Once you hit four cycles, people work for eight hours. You're not working for eight hours, okay? You know, the, the, the science behind that is, is incredible. And obviously not everyone is gonna be 100% realist, I'm sorry, 100% honest and saying, well, actually I'm working for eight hours because if the boss gets word that you're not working for eight hours, you're gonna be fired. But if you realistically look at your life and how you spend your time, that's essentially looking at a good cycle. Okay, so I was in that moment. Essentially, what I'm doing is giving an excuse for about what I'm about to talk to you about, which is crossing 42nd Street. And out of nowhere, uh, literally in front of me, this girl passes by. And the reason I'm saying this is because I've been complaining about online dating. I was on it for maybe, I don't know, three weeks. And it just who I was matching with and conversations or whatever, never went out with anyone. And I'm like, listen, I'm competing. I think they said there's three times more men on social media, social dating sites or dating sites than women three times. And ironically enough is that the 80, 20 principle, it's actually more 90, 10. Okay. I think one of the free ones like go fish or, whatever. I was going to say something else. Uh, but essentially the, the, the attractiveness scale. So if the attractiveness scale goes like this, so, uh, five and then a, a 10, by the way, there are no tens cause 10 is perfect. So we'll just say a nine. All right. So five to nine, but it's essentially the amount of messages goes like that with attractiveness and literally the top 1% get 99% of all the messages sent, okay, or received, initial messages, obviously not counting back and forth, okay, it's not that extreme when it comes to anything else, obviously the top 1%, I think, pay like 53 or 54% of all the taxes, which is mental, that's crazy, <laughs> they also probably own, you know, whatever amount of wealth, you know, and I'm not saying that because I'm like, Arr! I'm just saying that as a statistical fact, all right, so, I'm crossing 42nd Street, girl walks in front of me. I'm setting up the whole situation because of uh, essentially one woman, no woman is dreaming of meeting her future partner. Exactly, in DMs. Listen, whatever Chris just said, just follow that, all right? And this is, this is the reason being is I've been saying I can't wait to meet someone that I'm going to continuously maybe go on dates with or at least meet for initial dates. Beautiful woman passes right in front of me. Pink coat, so feminine my style, uh, gym attire. So she is in the fitness realm or just came from the gym or maybe an influencer or whatever. There's not many in New York City, but there's some. Or a teacher, which is fine with me. And she turns, and I was not even paying attention at all. She turns, makes eye contact, and she's probably 20 feet away. And then I am gleaming because I'm in the zone. Okay, and I'm, I'm in the, I just was on for an hour pitching my services, and now I'm, I'm in that like zone, you can see in my eyes right now, like that zone that you get. And she felt it, and it didn't even click in my mind, hey dude, go over and talk with this girl. Which is interesting because that's essentially what I've been looking to do for the last month. I'm in the off season of being a triathlete, and all I wanted to do is date, get that female energy, get that female touch, get that 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 just that dating back into the life. Because yeah, you, dude, you're 34, and I'm not looking to get married, but you know, you want to start getting out there. 
So I didn't do anything. And she looked amazing, by the way. She was probably in mid-30s, so she looked amazing. And this is the thing, is I walked away, and then I stopped. And that's when I said, dude, go approach her. And that's when you get the resistance, okay? So there's a lot of things that is that is what attracted her. Um, is it gleaming eyes? Yeah, I guarantee, and to what Chris said right above, is essentially what I said in the stories is, and I got a DM from a girl that read that story and she goes, it's 2019, it's totally different. And I'm like, listen, okay, you're, you're tough. And she's a girl, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's a tough girl, you know. She, it's not like she fights, but I mean like, you know, you know what I'm saying. And she wrote, it's 2019, it's totally different. Yeah, but you can't really get away from nature. Does a girl really want to get hit up, you know, on DMs? So all of this is going through my mind. It's, you know what it is? It's kind of like you're thinking about, hey, listen, my doctor told me to go on a diet. I'm, getting, I'm also getting winded when I walk upstairs. I was also just told by my partner or people that I've been dating with that, hey, listen, you know, you, you know you're in shape, but you know, you're not really in shape. In other words, this whole spectrum of just thoughts are going through my mind, which is girls don't really like, all the DMs that they're getting and how do you differentiate yourself? And I don't even like online dating. I wanna meet someone in person. All of these things are going through your mind and then the opportunity presents itself and you're not ready. And guess what? There will never be a time. I really thought about this as I was getting my salad. I really thought about this because I said, why didn't I take advantage of that opportunity? This beautiful girl's right in front of me. We made eye contact. I could have just went up to her. Hey, how's it going? We obviously made eye contact. I'm Charles. Something simple. Whatever I would have said. It didn't really matter. It does not matter what you say initially. And ironically enough is that there's never going to be a time that she stops and waves. Or she says, hey, listen, come talk to me or she's not in a hurry, or she doesn't have earbuds. There's never gonna be an opportunity. Or someone says, hey, listen, I know everyone's been, in other words, there is something in your life right now that you wanna take advantage of, whether that's more business, a better body, a relationship. So for me, it's obviously getting, getting the opportunity a, a, a higher opportunity to meet someone where I'm not out, okay? That's essentially what it is. All right. When I am out and I'm drinking, I'm like every other guy. When I'm out and I'm at a bar, I'm like every other guy. Okay. But if I'm on the street and I'm sober and I'm dressed in a suit and I'm, I'm you know, charismatic and, and outgoing and confident, I'm not like every other guy because she's not getting hit up like every other guy. Okay. So I really took that. And this is what I mean about analyzing and essentially moving it to a different realm of your life. So I met at a home yesterday. It was listed at $7 million, okay? That's a big commission, okay? I've never listed a $7 million property. But the thing is, this is what I thought, is I, I cold called to get that appointment. And the opportunity to actually get that appointment did not say, hey, listen, here it is. It's presenting to you. Please come and pitch your services. I actually had to go. So I thought about it. There's three things about opportunities. Number one is you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready, okay? And that was the problem with me is that I always needed to learn more. I have like four books on my fucking desk as we speak. 
Man's Search for Himself, which I just read. The Search, which is uh, 1950-something. Uh, I don't know when it was written. 1948. Great book, actually. Just started it, only on page 10. Then I Think and Grow Rich. Another one by Napoleon Hill, right here. Uh, I'm sorry, Dale Carnegie. And this is, this is exactly what you should not be doing, is thinking, I need the right... I need the right moment. There is, there's, you're never gonna be ready, okay? So for me to say that $7 million place, I've never listed a $7 million place. How am I gonna say my track record? How am I actually get, dude, you're never gonna be ready, okay? So that's number one is you're never gonna be ready. Whatever it is, cold calling, it doesn't even matter. Um, um, I wouldn't recommend, honestly, this uh, Rollo May, uh, Man's First search for himself the reason i wouldn't recommend it is because they talk about it was written in 1952 and they talk about the war um but it's very interesting I'm, I'm i might do an instagram post about it because there's some quotes in here that you're like they were thinking about anxiety and stress and overwhelm at that time and that was because they just came out of world war ii okay there was a lot of shit going on so number one is you're never going to be ready okay number two is the thinking aspect is never going to make you take the action that you need. Okay. So when I passed by her and I was, and I, I literally stood there, I pretended like I was on my phone, but I stood there and I'm like, Charles, you should go approach her. You've been thinking about approaching girls or she's the perfect person to approach is you can never think yourself into it. Okay. Which sort of goes into number three, which is you're never going to feel like it. I didn't feel like approaching her. I didn't really want to do it. But that's the thing is that that is the difference. That is the difference between me having her number and me not having her number right there. I'm not going to feel like it. The opportunity is never going to present itself by saying, hey, listen, you're actually going to regret this in 20 minutes. Go back to your office and do a fucking video about it. Okay. That's never going to happen. Hey, listen, why don't you call this guy? This is the right number. He's going to want to meet with you, but he may not want to meet with you even though he has a $7 million place. That's a $140,000 commission, all right? This, if it sells. This is what I'm saying is the first one is analysis paralysis. What are you reading up on too much information without actually signing up for the event? That was like me in triathlons. Essentially, yeah, I was overthinking it, but... That's essentially, you take my what happened and what are we trying to find out more information? When are we looking for the best time? And when are we thinking we're going to be motivated? That's essentially the questions that we should be asking is analysis paralysis. Okay, I need more information before I start my business or save for retirement or approach that pretty girl. I need to, I need to know what to say. I, I need to know when to approach her. How do I approach her? Do I tap her on the shoulder? Do I just say, hey, hey, hey? Do I walk in front of her? What do I do? You know, analysis paralysis. You're also never going to feel like it. It was a little chilly out. I was really hungry. Just came from a pitch. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? No. Okay. And, and, and the actual funny thing about this is I'm going to think about this longer and harder about why I didn't do it and what areas of my life am I actually moving this into, okay? And I'm gonna say the first area is making enough phone calls in the morning. 
When you have someone that says, listen, don't ever call me again. If you call me again, blah, 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 and they get into some choice words, then you start thinking, hmm, that didn't feel good. So in other words, you're never going to feel like making the next phone call. You're never going to feel like, hey, listen, uh, be as enthusiastic on door number 100 as you were on door number one, which is Jean-Paul Jaurier or however you say that billionaires, you know, he owns Patron and he has the, the hair products and everything else is that be as enthusiastic on door 100 as you were on door one, because door number one was I have great opportunity. I think I'm going to sell my product. I think I'm going to get this girl's number. I think I'm going to go on a date with her. But there is a difference between the people that have a great dating life, the person that has the money, the person that has the great body, and the people that don't. And the reason being is that we take the easy route out. So how do you fix it? I would say in anything but something that's like that is, it's easy to look back and say, Charles, this is what you should have done. But thinking about it right now, and I actually thought about this earlier this year, is that I call it the doorway test. So I heard this in the other way is, I don't know who, it might've been Brandon Bashir, but he says anytime he enters a doorway, right before he gets into the doorway, he actually readies himself for the room. So as he's entering the doorway, he goes, he gets this enthusiasm, this confidence, this energy. So as he enters the room, he gets himself ready to enter the room because he doesn't know what the opportunity in that room is going to present itself. It's before speech, it's before uh, a meeting, business deal, whatever the case is, you know, the, the guy's got a big following and everything else. Go look him up. I don't really follow him anymore, but he, he had that, the doorway concept. He said he would breathe right outside. You go... And then you would walk in with strength. And I'm actually going to have the opposite, which is when I leave my office. When I leave my office is just say, okay, there could be an opportunity that presents itself. Are you ready? And I'm talking about dating. I'm talking about business deals. Okay. Yeah. Confidence is, is attractive no matter what. Listen, everything is about confidence. The reason we vote for certain people, the reason that we hire certain people, the reason that we promote certain people, the reason that we feel confident in an athlete or the way a manager, a leader, CEO, your parents, whatever is all about confidence. And yeah, you could fake it. Listen, confidence, I hate that word because it it's really tailored to certain situations by certain people because I'm not very confident in, I don't know, maybe building a house, okay? I can pretend to be, but essentially it's that person that actually did it multiple times and understands that they're gonna be able to, and, and this is actually a very good point. So, uh, you know, obviously dad was in the hospital and everything else, so he had to, to get his mobility back because he's sitting on a fucking bed, all right, for a week. You know, he had heart surgery and then he's sitting on a bed and everything else, and when I saw him, he was not in good shape. And, you know, you, you see this guy that, you know, tons of energy, really strong, army veteran, all that jazz. And then you see him in such a frail state and you feel, Jesus Christ, man, I'm going to be in this state too at one time. You know, that's really where I went. I said, you know, you really need to take advantage of your opportunities and you don't know when it's going to present itself. You don't, you're never going to feel like it and you're always going to talk your way out of it. Okay. So mine is when I leave my office and I used to say this and it was when it was during my approaching days, which is I would leave my apartment and be like, I don't know when it's going to happen. It could be on the subway. It could be on the street. It could be at Starbucks. It could be getting food. It could be at the gym. 
And then, and then I go like this, and I'm ready. I'm open. I'm looking for an opportunity to potentially talk to a girl, all right, because dating naps clearly are not working. But this is what happened. So, um, you know, obviously they have a lot of legality behind walking someone that does not really have good mobility, okay, because he was very frail and very weak and out of breath and things like that. Plus, he was yoked up on all these drugs and shit. And essentially, the nurses... Uh, male or female, it didn't really matter. Nurse, or is it the same word? It's probably the same word, male or female. So the guy, Sean, uh, you know, I, I said, okay, let's get the guy, my dad, let's get the guy some food, put some, pump some energy into the guy, and let's get him out for a walk. And you know what I noticed is that people take advantage of an easier situation at all times, okay? The easier situation before was to not approach her. Because there's no downside and there's also no upside. I don't approach her. Nothing happens. I approach her. She publicly yells at me and screams and hits me across the face. That's not going to happen. But there's also the upside is that I get her number. We're always going to protect the downside before we look for the upside. Always. At all times. And I guarantee she's probably thinking, why didn't that guy come and talk to me? Anyway, what I'm getting at is the nurses didn't want to walk my dad because... He's in a frail state and everything else, but that was his biggest priority was to get walked because he needs to build the muscle back. You know, you can't sit in a bed for that long. I don't care how old you are. You're going to, you're going to, your muscles are going to atrophy. So what I, what I, what I was going to go back to the hospital again yesterday and just, and just say, hey, listen, we can't take advantage of the easy situation of having them not walk. The easy situation is to have them not walk. The hard situation is to get him to walk always. And I was going to tell this to the, to the nurses is that I lean at work, not all areas of my life, but when I, I lean into problem situations, I don't want to call this person. I have to call this person. I don't want to follow up with them. I have to follow up with them. I don't want to ask this, 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 this big question for business or referrals, or will you lower your price or will, you know, are you going to place an offer? I got to ask for it. So in other words, what I don't want to do, I have to do. So I lean into, I lean into the hard situations at work. Okay. I wish I could parlay that into every area of my life, but right now it's work and it's fine. It's going to compound into other areas of my life. But what, what I was noticing is that they were leaning into the easy side of the work, which is don't have this guy walk because having them stay in the bed is easy because they don't have to do anything. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? That's not doing their job though, okay? And then I thought about it and nothing against them. They're, they're taking the easy route out and obviously the liability and if he falls and everything else, understandable. But their job is to make sure that the patient goes from surgery to rehab in a, in a better condition or at least a, a good condition. Okay, so they weren't really doing their job. And then I really thought about it for myself is that my job is to lean into tough situations. My job is to talk to that girl on the street. My job is to ask for referrals. My job is to go to the gym so I have energy late in the afternoon when I have appointments or meetings or pitches. That is my job. My job is not the opposite. My job is not to convince myself to do something, okay? Why do I have to convince myself? Because it's the easy route, okay? If you think the other way where you say, I lean into 
whatever it is, a tough situation, the uncomfortable, pushing against my barriers, I lean into that, you will soon start thinking like I do at work. I'm not 100% there, okay? But what I've noticed is that if I don't wanna do something, that's when I have to do it. And I got that from Brian Johnson, and it's great. If I don't feel like doing it, that means I have to do it, okay? It's a non-negotiable. It's the best way to look at it. And, and, and then I, I pieced it together, which is, and if I don't do it, I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing my job. And then I pieced it together even, even further today, which is I'm then not even taking advantage of opportunities that presents itself. It's kind of like God took this woman and put her right in front of me and said, you know how you've been talking about the dating apps? You know, I've been talking about there's no really pretty women that you run into on the, you know, in the streets or the gym or any, you know, you've been talking about that here, here's one right here. And I'm going to make her look at you. Oh, you're still not going to approach her. So it's all, it all ties around. Okay. I'm going to really go really deep for a second. Okay. So the reason I'm reading these books, so these are the old school books, okay? Man's Search for Himself, and it talks about the age of anxiety. That's what it talks about. But this book is actually very good. Um, I'm, I'm, I just started, you know, I'm only on page, you know, 20 or something, 32. Um, but this is the, all of the books, Neville uh, Goddard, you know, um, The Strangest Secret, they all talk about the mind. Literally, that is the first opening line. It, it literally is the second um, paragraph. And this was actually printed in 1948, which is crazy. Uh, here we go. So essentially, according to George Baker in the book Making Good, out of every 100 men or women, out of every 100 men at the age of 25, 66 will live to 65 years old, okay? It's probably higher now. Of that 66, only one will be wealthy. Only one will be wealthy. So I will be wealthy. I already know that. I just want to live to at least that age. You know, nothing is, ta- you know, especially in New York City, cabs are crazy. I also ride bikes, getting hit by cars and trains and everything else, you know. Four will do fairly well, and five will be working until the age of 65, and then they'll be relying on something else, blah, blah, blah. In other words, what it's saying is, and by the way, those statistics are from insurance companies, okay, who are paid to make sure they are correct, okay? And then uh, this is essentially what I wanted to get to, is that you can have anything you want. By the way, this is 1948, okay? You can have anything you want, money, a better job, honors, time for travel, study, good times, recreation, the love of those you dear, anything that is good. When you learn the secrets of the age, and this is what he says, the power to do anything you want is in your mind. The power in all caps is all, and then mind is also in all caps. The mind is the only thing that matters. Okay, because you're thinking about something you really want. Okay, we're going to piece this all together. Your mind is thinking about something you really, really want. Okay, it's, it's the, this, is, this is me. Okay, I don't know what it is for you. It could be getting into shape, girlfriend, saving money, buying a house, investing, getting, starting a business, whatever. I don't know. You think of yours. Okay, but you have to think of something. You have to think of something. Okay, don't sit there and be like, 
Well, I want something. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Okay. As it says, anything is yours. Anything is yours. Okay. Maybe you have to try harder. Maybe you're at a different stage in life. I have no idea. But you can have anything you want as long as you focus on your mind. So the first thing is me. It's the off season. You're a triathlete. I want to date. Great. I reach out to two people. I've already dated them in the past. You can be going on dates with them. Obviously, my father's in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. But so I started thinking about it in my mind. Okay, it's in my mind. Power of my mind. It's thinking. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Then my dad is not getting the care he needs. And I noticed that they are doing the easy route. Okay, so it's in my mind. Easy route, I want to date, so it's in my mind. Easy route is online. Then I complain about online. Okay, that's not good. Then I notice that at work, I lean into uncomfortable conversations. I lean into circumstances that may not produce the best results, but I lean into it. I don't shy away from it. Then I started thinking about, this is all self-awareness, okay? This is the dots that need to be connected in your life, okay? So essentially, it was in my mind, I thought about a similar situation where people were not leaning into their, their uncomfortableness. Then I noticed that they weren't leaning into it because they weren't doing their job. So I said, okay, I want to date. I don't like online dating. The guy should do the approach. I'm not really doing my job. I'm not doing my job. And then I said today, so this is literally off the course of one week. I'm not, it's in my mind. I'm not doing my job and I'm not even taking advantage of opportunities. Why? Why? That's self-awareness. And when opportunities can be taken advantage of, people say it's when opportunity, what is it? Success is opportunity, whatever that stupid quote is. Opportunity is when success meets something else or you know, what opportunity meets whatever the case is, okay? It doesn't matter. There's a lot of opportunity, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to approach her. So it's me being ready. It is me saying that I'm never gonna feel like it. And it's me saying, she's not gonna turn around and just say, hey, come talk to me. That's not how opportunities, and the best opportunities, in other words, the prettiest girls, the most amount of money, also known as the biggest apartments, are not gonna be easy. This guy I have to meet with, a $7 million place, I have to meet with him again. So the self-awareness when opportunity meets preparation. Exactly. So essentially, but break down opportunity. I'm prepared. I know how to talk to a girl. I know how to get a number from a girl. I know how to go on a date with a girl. But the opportunity presented itself. So that's really breaking down the opportunity. Why are we not taking advantage of opportunities? Okay. The reason is that we're not ready. The reason that we feel like we don't have enough information. We feel like it hasn't presented itself. Okay. But really, we're not, we're not, looking, we're not looking hard enough. We're not looking enough for opportunities because there's plenty of opportunities to go on dates with beautiful women in New York City. There's plenty of business. There's plenty of ways to get into shape, but I need good running shoes, but I need to join a gym. I don't have enough money to join a gym. You can do push-ups and sit-ups like Michael Jordan did, you know? So really, I think the conversation should be around opportunity, okay? Preparation is, you know, and obviously that's the famous quote, which is preparation, you know? What? You want to prepare for, no, 
you, you can prepare as much as you can, but you need to sign up for that race, that, that race so it becomes real that your running is actually gonna be doing something towards that race. Here's an example, I have a friend that was inspired from my triathlons to sign up for his own triathlon. He's probably 70 pounds overweight. Uh, I was supposed to go to lunch with him actually yesterday if they reschedule a better time. But he's 70 pounds overweight. That's not good when you're swimming. It's fine when you're biking, but not when it's running or swimming, okay? So I said, you need to sign up for a race, a sprint race. So a sprint race is a really short distance. And that's what he did. So now he has something in the calendar, okay? So for me, and obviously everyone says it has to be a present goal. It should be on the calendar. I like the idea of Neville Goddard. And essentially Neville Goddard's way of looking at goals is that you already have it. And the way that he says it is the power, and obviously this is religious or biblical or however you want to say it, is it's already in you. It's already in you. You need to tap into it, okay? How many times that when we're only put in a certain circumstance that we're forced to actually reveal how good we are at public speaking, at a test or math or studies or talking to someone that has money or convincing someone to do something, that we're actually pretty good. We're actually really good. And then you walk away and you feel good. I am something. I am, man, that was a good race. I'm a runner. That, that was always inside of you. You just, you just weren't taking advantage of the opportunity. You actually were not, you, you thought you needed more information. You thought you weren't ready. You thought that it was gonna present itself a little bit different. Actually, Charles, you do like running. And Charles, you're actually pretty good at running. So for me, this video was connecting a lot of dots and saying that my job is to look for opportunities. That is my job. I think that's our, our sole job because this is, this is probably gonna be the most powerful thing I say in this whole thing. The reason it is our job to look for opportunities is because we already have it. If you take Neville Goddard's advice at its word, which I do, I love it, and you say, if I already have, so he tells a story that he wanted to go to Barbados. So he, he was in the 50s and obviously, Barba I've never been there, I have no idea, I'm assuming it's still beautiful, but obviously in Barbados, commercial flight was brand new and you know, it was extremely expensive to fly, okay? And you know, being on Barbados, he actually took a boat, he didn't fly. But I probably didn't have an airport down there. But his, who, Abdullah, I think Abdullah was his mentor. And he said, no, you're already in Barbados. And Neville says, what? No, I'm in New York City. Abdullah says, no, you're going to go to bed tonight and you're going to breathe Barbados. You're going to bed in Barbados. You're going to wake up in Barbados. In other words, you're already there. So what I said before is the most powerful thing that I'm going to say on this and maybe one of the most powerful things I'm, I'm even thinking about right now is that if I already have that pretty girlfriend or that business all the, or all these business opportunities or, or a global public speaker is something that I, I say every single day, since I already have it, I'm just looking for the opportunities to make it real. I'm, I'm already just looking for, I already have that business opportunity. I already have that apartment that I pitched. 
I already have that. So I'm really just realizing the opportunity. Instead of saying, I want, you're really saying, I am a global public speaker. I am that. And I'm just looking and I'm already just looking for the opportunities for that, not even to be real, but just to, to just be true. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. If you really think about it, if I walk around and I just say, I have a, I have a, or I am a global public speaker. I am the top agent in New York City. I have a business that operates all over the world. Whatever it is for you, I am an elite athlete. I am in shape. I am wealthy. You know, I own a multifamily residence that produces a cash flow of $5,000 a month or whatever it is for you. You're, and that gets repeated. This sounds so easy and obvious, but if that gets repeated, you're essentially, when, when the opportunity, and the reason I'm putting it into quotes is you're really just realizing what you've already been thinking. So when the opportunity presents itself, you're just like, yeah, of course. You know, of course I'm in shape. Or of course I'm, I have, you know, this great partner. Of course I have this incredible business. Of course I'm an elite athlete. Of course. And, and if you really think about the best athletes, that's how, that's what they say in anything or even actors you know i've been thinking about this opportunity of holding an oscar or holding the academy uh, is that what it is you know academy award i've been thinking about this since i was five or that quarterback that says you know i've been thinking about throwing that that winning touchdown pass so they're realizing exactly what they already knew what was going to be true so they've been there and it sounds obvious but i i, I now know that it her passing by me is really, it shouldn't even be thought about. It's kind of just like, yeah, oh, okay, there she is. That's the person I should be talking to. You know, $7 million place. That's clearly the, the owner I should be talking to because my business operates all over the world. You know, I, I have multiple investment units that produce cash flow. Do you see the confidence of where I'm coming across from right now? And where did that come from? Uh, not the confidence, but this realization came from two things. Number one is always looking for more information instead of social media. Always putting, there's only two things in your life you should be striving for. What you say to yourself and what goes into your ears or what you read. Because I was just on social media and they're talking about, uh, I posted a video of the apartment I just put on the market. And I'll get to that in a second, the two comments that just came up. And there's a, an area, you know, whatever, where you search and there's like obviously all the stories and everything else. Apparently there's an impeachment going on of the president where they want to or whatever. <sighs> what is that? How... Are they really going to say, you know what, this guy, this guy really followed every story. You know, this guy liked every Instagram post. This guy was, he, you know, he really knew every news article. No. Because when I don't feed my eyeballs or my ears with bullshit, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. 
And then if I add on top of that, because I've been doing that for long enough where I don't give a shit about the news, I don't give a shit about movies, I don't care about new music, I don't care about new mu- music, I don't care about celebrities, I don't care about, I don't care about any gossip, nothing, nothing, zero, nada, negativity, don't even enter in my life and I will call you out on it. Because that's been so long ingrained, and I'm talking about years, years I started this because it was, I was very negative and I love drama, drama. I loved just talking shit and everything else. So I had to, it took years to finally eliminate that. And now what I've noticed is that I need to get my mind right. Is that I worked on my mind, but I was still feeding it shit. That's kind of like going to the gym and I leave, go right into McDonald's, you know? Yeah, except for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which he's just a fantastic character in life. So Those are the two areas going into 2020 that you say, what do I need to eliminate from my life right now? What is garbage that my eyes or ears are not following? And the reason I bring that up, I would have never picked up this book. 1948, this corny thing. Um, Yeah, well, I think it's a little bit better than one of these new age people that say, well, from my readings, this, no, 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 no. This is from someone that is actually doing it, okay? This is from someone that has studied for decades, 25,000 people, millionaires. I think he's, he's doing pretty well too, how to win friends and influence people. So in conclusion is if you, re- which is very powerful and I actually thank the podcast. If you say you're looking for the opportunities, then you're not believing it. It's in, it's already here. You don't even ask for the opportunities it's already here. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're really just saying, Oh, there it is. I, that's, that's who I am. Your identity as James Clear says in atomic habits, by far the best hot habits book is that your identity is I'm someone that dates high quality women. I am someone that t- I am someone that operates all over the world. My business operates all over the world. I am the top agent. So when you have when you are presented with a seven million dollar apartment, you walk in, you say, "Yeah, of course." And I think that's where the confidence comes from. And I think it's the opposite: is that people want to see it first. They want to see their good body before they believe like they're in shape. But if you say, "I'm in shape," this is what I do. You're essentially just realizing what you're thinking already. When you practice feeling you're, you already have it, you're preparing your body and receiving it and knowing it. Yeah, exactly. So Jeanette, thank you for, uh, that's my cousin's name too. Uh, Jeanette. I appreciate everyone. In conclusion, this is what I'm going to say. Lifting while listening. Only way. Um, this is what I'm going to say in conclusion is everyone knows they're not going to feel like it. And everyone know, in, in other words, an opportunity comes along or someone says, if you reach out to this person, you could potentially do business with them. You're never going to feel like it. The more that you want something, the more it's on your mind, the harder it becomes to start because you're pushing it out and you're procrastinating. And two things with procrastination is that we feel like if we procrastinate till tomorrow, our willpower is going to be better and we're going to do it. And it's going to be easier to do, okay? So in other words, the task is going to feel easier tomorrow, all right? So along those lines is that if you essentially go into a, first you have to know where you want to go, okay? If you haven't figured that out, fucking spend a half an hour and write down, what do I want to do? 
okay? Looking backwards, okay? Start with, the, start with the end in mind, which was my last video. Start with the end in mind, okay? I already know what I want. I want to be a, pro, a prolific public speaker that makes personal development cool. Not personal development like Tony Robbins, rah, rah, rah. But I don't know how to market, so I'm going to learn how to market. I don't know how to get into shape. I'm going to learn how to get into shape, okay? Because this is all like me. I had no idea. I was totally ignorant to health and wealth and everything. Totally ignorant. You know, I could say, oh, it's not taught in school and everything else. I think the schooling system is going to be disrupted. But that's that's down the road. That's number one. Number two is I want to have a business that operates at a net cash flow with, uh, it could be all over the world for me. Um, I know it's going to be global. I don't know if it's going to be public speaking. I don't know if it's going to be in real estate, but it's going to be all over the world, okay? And I also want to be a great husband and father because I know, looking at my dad, the only people that are visiting him, the only people that are getting him out of the fucking bed to walk around that hospital is his family. My sister flew in 20 hours, three airplane flights because she's uh, an influencer in everything else. And she came in from Peru and Bolivia and she was down there for a couple of weeks and then she came back. So instead of going to LA where she lives, she flew to New York. So you have his wife, 47, 48 years, 48 years, I think they've been married, um, which actually I think is coming up or it just passed, I'm sorry. Um, wife, kid, me and other kid, daughter. So me, my sister, and my mom, those are the only people, okay? So if you think that the meaning in life is you're gonna be your career, unless you're Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr., it's not, okay? And unfortunately, that lie is being told, especially to women, especially to women. I feel bad because I'm friends with a lot of these women and they literally are having the thoughts that, I have to work at this job for another 40 years supporting myself. No guy wants to think that, but it's not in, unfortunately, nature to have us separate for our whole fucking lives, okay? We should be procreating. We should be together, even if, even if you don't have kids, even if you don't get married. Have a life partner because that's the only person that's going to be next to you when shit goes wrong, okay? That could be in health. That could be in wealth. That could be in something, in other words, your parents die or they're sick or something else. Those are the only people. Focus on family. Focus on your health so you don't ruin your family, which my dad's in his 80s. It's not on that. Um, for me, I know. But if you intentionally keep on eating shit knowing that shit is bad for you, you keep on smoking, you keep on over drinking, you're an alcoholic, yeah, that's selfish, Okay. And it's also putting your family not only at risk of not having enough money to survive when you're gone, but during that time, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stink because you're going to be in a wheelchair, you're going to be in the hospital, things like that. So anyway, the schooling system won't that Napoleon was talking about the same things 80 years ago. Uh, yeah, well, we have the internet. I really hope it does. You know, schooling system isn't ideal right now as we speak. But opportunities are never going to present themselves as easy as you think. They're never going to be gift wrapped in a box and you take advantage of it. You're never going to be ready. You're going to think you're going to want information. And the last thing on top of that is focus on who you are. Your dreams are your right now. Start with the end in mind. So the father and being, you know, for me, being a good father and being a good husband. Okay, that's in 70 years. 60 years, I have to realize dating now, okay? 
So that then comes down to that one moment on 42nd Street where you didn't take advantage of it, but then in work, you are leaning into it. It's, it's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. So anyway, if you guys have any questions, leave in the comments below. Uh, really appreciate you. I think we had uh, you know a bunch of new subscribers, which is great. And oh, we have someone else lifting while listening, 100%. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to pop out. It is 3.05 p.m. I have to make a couple of phone calls. I get to eat my salad, which is probably very soggy right now. But uh, put some good vibes into my brain. Have an amazing day. Talk to you guys.